is he Haitian? He is. Pierre-Luc Gagnon? Oh, Pierre Garçon, yeah. No, Pierre Garçon is. No, Pierre-Luc Gagnon is just French. <laughs> For those that don't follow the X Games. Well, I mean, if uh, if you're any- born anywhere where the old French Commonwealth countries were, you can automatically get French citizenship. So, yeah. <laughs> even Louisiana. If you were born in Louisiana, you can get easy French citizenship. Or anywhere nice. in the Louisiana Purchase. Anywhere. But you're, you're French, so that's not really a really good claim there. Or if you decide you want to join the French Foreign Legion and you serve yep. your time, then you can be French. But I don't know what the hell the French Foreign Legion does anymore. <laughs> but if it's it like a- walking around with a musket, I'd, I'd do that. Maybe it's like the American Legion. You know, you like host events and drink beer <laughs> drink and host a wrestling beer. tournament. <laughs> Smoke a pipe. That uh, was the, rent, the- out, rent out rooms. The first thing I saw when they opened the shot of the PWG, when they showed like the first ring shot, I'm like, that's got to be like a Legion Hall somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. And then they're like, live from the Legion. I'm like, oh, god damn, I knew that was an American Legion. The oh, last yeah. one that I was on, it was totally at a Knights of Columbus, and it oh, wasn't yeah. very big Knights of Columbus either. Like, it was, it was like, it was like smaller than your average Moose Lodge. Like, it was, it was pretty rough. This was a much better event than the last one I watched. I feel like pulling uh, uh, Shooting the Shit with Tunery Black as in just jumping into the show. Nachos amigos, welcome to the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast once again. I am Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Uh, with me is always my man, DJM, David Majors. How you doing, DJM? Buenos tacos, muchachos. Hello, Petey Rave, once again. We are doing the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. And first and foremost, let me just get this out of the way. I disliked Chris Hero before it was cool because yes. I am the wrestling hipster. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Secondly, I think we owe one of our guests an apology. Yes. We uh, do. go ahead and, and introduce our two guests, Petey, and, uh, we will get into the apologies. Yes. Um, I will introduce the first guest. Uh, we have uh, a friend of ours. Who we haven't had on the show, who's a really cool guy, great guy, love him. Uh, none other than Chris Mitzula, the Mike Rula, the old schooler. Uh, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. Uh, nice to just, be on. Just a question to you, Mitzula. Are yeah. you tired of that yet? Uh, no, not really. It's, I don't get it that often, so it's not too bad, but I've been called a lot worse, so I'll take Mitzula, the Mike Rula, the old schooler. And it's where I actually took the name from, so it actually works out fairly well that people get the reference. Yeah. Oh, uh, good stuff. Yep. Uh, so, DJM. I mean, who... by, by the end of this, I might be upset with it, but now we're fine. <laughs> uh, DJM, who, who else do we got here? Our second guest on this episode of Fanny Pack uh, is the one that we do 
owe an apology to because PD Rafe. He was on a recent episode where we talked about Dreamwave Wrestling. And I want to apologize to you, Mr. Hibbard. Hibbity Bibbard. So on uh, that episode, uh, <laughs> we we tried to tell you that there is much better indie wrestling than what Dreamwave Wrestling was offering. And I hope that with this evening's episode regarding Pro Wrestling Gorilla and their 10th anniversary show, I hope that you can see that the bar, the standard for indie wrestling, was definitely much, much higher than what Dreamwave offered. And I speak on behalf of PD Rave when I say uh, we're really, really sorry you had to sit through that one. And we hope this one was better. Well, you know, the the rebel flag count on this episode uh, was at zero uh, as compared to the millions that we saw in the last one. So uh, and I actually had some fun with this uh, as as an outsider to wrestling. I I did not have as much fun with the last one. I was yeah. more looking at the people in the crowd for yeah. my entertainment. It's, but it's uh, amazing what a West Coast crowd will be different than a Southern crowd. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Southern is uh, Illinois, that oh, <laughs> blew our minds. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I, did, it's I didn't south, mean Southern. It's south of me. I'm Illinois married, is south of me. So. I'm married to their cousins. My bad. Not Southern. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we're talking, uh, of course, the point of this episode is not how much uh, DJM and I love uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Because y'all know how much we love Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Especially if you listen to our previous uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla episode. Uh, which you certainly should. Uh, we definitely had fun with that. Uh, it, the point is, we're going to talk to Brett, a you know, an outsider to wrestling altogether, and uh, uh, Mitsula, who uh, in, uh, said, in his own words, uh, a holiday wrestler, a holiday observing wrestler, uh, wrestling fan, not a wrestler. <laughs> I'll, uh, uh, yeah, not wrestling, but I, I, I show up at the occasional. I'll watch the occasional WrestleMania and some other things, but only, I was, only when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I grew up with AWA and all that. And I was a big fan for quite a while and then just kind of fell off. Most like yeah. church. Yeah. Uh, and it's all about kind of seeing what they feel about this. Uh, it's PWG. It's the 10th, 10th anniversary. Uh, big event. A lot of fun. Uh, let's just get started. Uh, we start with the first match in the beginning and, uh, really cool thing. When I first gave you a uh, Gerb Brett this event, the first thing he said was that, "All right, the first thing I see is a man with a mustache and a, a chest full of hair. I approve." <laughs> right? Oh, uh, yes. I'm- and to our friends out there in the NSFW chat room, we are not talking about everyone's friend Drusifer. We are talking about the opening contest of PWG10, featuring former TNA star Joey Ryan. Uh, rekindling his eternal feud with Candice LeRae in a six-person tag team opener. And yes. this, for me, is exactly what I think of when I think of Pro Wrestling Gorilla because they always have that super, super hot opening multi-person tag team match. And yeah. this does not disappoint. It has... A whole bunch of the wonderful PW 
PWG cast of characters, including Ryan Taylor of the Fightin' Taylor, the Fightin' Taylor Boys, Pretty Peter Avalon, who you might have seen on TNA recently, and just everything about this was just fantastic. <laughs> I, I uh, will go into everything I love about this match in a minute, but PD, please stop me from from marking out already. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, not to not to forget Willie Mack, who I had to say I love Willie Mack. I love Willie Mack with all my heart. Um, in a world right now, going into the year 2014, I want Willie Mack to be that next big star on the mm-hmm. Indies. What El Generico was in 2012, what appears to be Adam Cole in 2013. I hope that is Willie Mack in 2014 because the dude is unbelievable. Yeah. So with all that hype, Brett, how, how did you feel about like this opening contest? Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, not just because Magnum PI did a boob plex, but, uh, like, uh, plex, titty plex, titty plex. Like it, it totally like name is the bootplex. Yeah, it's the actual. I'm just going with the crowd. I'm just going with the crowd. Like (laughs) I learned very fast that this was a completely different show than 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 I've ever seen. Um, coming from the uh, the language of the crowd, the announcer, and the amount of crotches rubbed in faces. Um, (laughs) it was uh, it was very interesting. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and this uh, opening contest really uh, sets the pace and uh, it, it lets you know what you're in for. Uh, Mitsula, what do you think? I uh, I was gonna say the my, my first shot that sealed me in was a ridiculously good looking woman in a Game Boy outfit. That was yes. <laughs> I was I was one from the minute they showed her. I was like, she is wearing a Game Boy outfit, and I think I want to marry her. Yes, and Game then. Was- uh, it was I, I, it was a really good start to the event. Uh, Willie Mack made me feel ridiculously out of shape because I was winded just watching him run around that <laughs> ring. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, going on that line, I would definitely let Candice LeRae put me in an octopus hold anytime she wants to. So yeah, I yeah. found out she's Canadian. Oh, yep. which well, she is her. indeed. Also, I won't hold that completely against her. Though. Also, she's also a Dream Theater fan, which for me is like, ah, oh my god. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, uh, and of course we had it, it just uh, just a whole lot of energy going around all over the place. I'm gushing all over the place. Uh, just Petey. thinking about it. Yes, Petey. Holy yeah. crap, Petey! We almost forgot something. Since this was Pro Wrestling Gorilla's tenth anniversary, there was a cameo in this match from one of the original owners of Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Oh, you that mean that wasn't was... just a random guy in the crowd? <laughs> no, that wow. was in fact. Former PWG mainstay and now graphic comic artist Scott Lost. And when Excalibur pointed it out on commentary, it you could really tell that he even he didn't see that coming. But (laughs) yeah, the Scott Lost cameo. Oh my God, the Scott Lost cameo. You mean obscure guy? Obscure guy from crowd just doesn't pull out amazing finishing move on the side of the ring on the ring apron just randomly. Right. And then when everyone realized exactly who it was, it was like, wait, who's that kind of Asian looking dude that pulled off that awesome? Oh, my God, it's got lost. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it went. 
if you were at the show, you could hear from Excalibur on commentary. And when I was watching the video, being the indie wrestling nerd I am, that's exactly how I saw it too. So extra points for the Scott Lost cameo. Yeah, just so many things. And go ahead, you know, take your moment to 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 gush, DJM, about anything else about this match. If there is one person in the world of professional wrestling that personifies the phrase beast mode, it is Willie Mack. To not like Willie Mack pretty much makes you almost literally Hitler. <laughs> in in mean, more ways than one. Just because you can bust out a triple Samoa drop? Yes. Well, almost. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, a two and a half. It was wind-aided, turnbuckle-aided, so... Not just a, a two-and-a-half Samoan drop, but a suicide dive without assistance from the ropes and landing on his feet. Oh, yeah. The, if you're looking for the definition of the trope acrophatic, uh, <laughs> Willie <laughs> Mac... <laughs> Uh, Willie yes. Mac embodies that, uh, in, in, in ways that, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, used to always do. I think he embodies that right now. And so did you many see people. the match on, on YouTube that came out between Willie Mac and Samoa Joe? No, I want to see it. This is something I, I will link to that to you later. I, I will get you a link later. Yes. Excuse will, us while PD Rave goes and watches this for the next 10 minutes. We'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, craziness, six man tag, amazing pro wrestling gorilla, uh, you know, awesomeness, uh, you know, commentary abound. I know I have a note here that of a thing that I observed on this match. Uh, yeah, no, I just said I love Willie Mac. It's written right here. I even put a heart. Uh, I put I heart Willie Mac. I drew the heart out. Uh, it's a man crush thing, really. It's a man crush. Um, moving on to. The next match. Uh, another couple of interesting guys that are making headway. Uh, one guy who is part of a team that I think I, I totally dig. Uh, the, uh, the fucking machine, Brian Cage, uh, against a guy I first saw at WrestleCon live, who's an impressive athlete, the complete athlete, Anthony Nice, taking on each other in kind of a really cool uh, singles match. Uh, DJ, I guess, what could you say about uh, this match and the context behind it? Um, Brian Cage Taylor, uh, another member of the Fight and Taylor Bowl, is who, as Excalibur says, really does become bigger every time you see him. It's it's kind of frightening. Uh, is in every sense a fucking machine. And then you have Tony Nese, probably the most recent of stupid decisions TNA has made in Lenny him go uh tony niece uh taking each other one-on-one -on -one in a match that clearly made kevin steen on commentary feel really 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 bad about himself because well <laughs> both of these guys they're both in pretty good shape yeah. i mean brian cage taylor yes. had the height advantage but tony niece has definitely been hitting the gym in his own right stupid sexy tony niece um <laughs> but yeah, yeah, these guys are in immense shape. They're they're just amazing talents. Uh, Mitchell, what, what did you think of this match? What what was the impression that this match uh put upon you? Uh, I I in my notes I actually have written here. I'm calling this the quote "Which way to the gym, bro?" end quote match. <laughs> it was these guys were 
definitely beasts. Uh, I was uh, some of the for just the ability that Nisho just running around for taking aerial and doing some crazy stuff was pretty impressive for a guy of his size. You don't usually expect that out of somebody. So that was impressive. And the commentary on this match is what really made it for me. The best line I think was the, his arch rival in high school was James nephew. That had to be <laughs> the goal. That had to be the best line. I, I had that in my notes. <laughs> and it was, it was totally like the, the other commentator missed it. And he was like, I'm like, come on, acknowledge the joke. Cause that was great. And then he finally caught it like a minute, like 30 seconds later. <laughs> it was like, Oh, and it, was, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, Excalibur is amazing. Uh, yeah, the, those two. Uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, whatever. I'm mumbling. Uh, Brett, what did you think? What what, what was your impression? Uh, just by looking at the two guys, I knew this was going to be a muscle show. And I was going to be like, okay, uh, we've got one guy who's just a massive guy. And another guy that's like not as huge but but very defined and obviously spends a lot of time like crafting his body so i'm just waiting for him to pick up the huge guy and do something that i don't expect him to do and uh he did um i i my as a man who has had many back injuries um this was one of the uh first points of watching this where uh i uh, i knew that uh these wrestlers were gonna like do some crazy stuff that uh may or may not injure them for the rest of their lives for my entertainment and uh it it was definitely a muscle show um yes and i gotta say mr niece has a very well trimmed beard like he, he took time to groom his uh his facial hair like yeah. uh he was he was very much a a product, and uh, he you he, might have noticed Brian Cage Taylor also rocking the the Logan esque sideburns as well. Yes, <laughs> I think uh, I think the the in professional wrestling the last at least year or a couple of years has been about perfecting the art of facial hair sculpting or at least managing your facial hair and creating a brand around it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think we've discussed something along this line before on this well, show. There's, there's, there seems to be like two camps. There's the neatly groomed, super well done, amazingly trimmed facial hair. And then there's guy that looks like he's got a week's worth of leftover stuffed into it. That's yeah, like the, the only beards you, that's the only beards you <laughs> get in wrestling right now. The, so no between, it's, either, it's either you're going to reach in and pull out a, a ham sandwich or it's like a really nice tight line, like lightning bolts down the side. So of the basically space. style or M dog 20. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about M dog 20, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, just, uh, amazing show, strength and skill. Anthony needs not only kind of a guy who's, you know, muscle bound and, you know, strong, but, uh, you know, really kind of doing that surprising agility thing really well. And it's going to be really cool to see what more he does. He's, he's been, he's been impressing me, uh, you know, as somebody who's had, had, didn't have exposure to him when he was in a TNA, uh, really impressing me. But moving on to some more multi-man action, we have the, the natural, uh, team of the Cuban Rocky Romero and the Russian Alex Kozlov. Uh, in the, the forever, forever hooligans. hooligans, the <laughs> the current, well, not now current, but at, but at the, time the time of time, this yeah. show, the IWGP World Junior Tag Team Champions in New Japan Pro Wrestling, the utterly underrated Rocky Romero and the extremely underrated Alice Kozlov, who I was so happy to see get some love with the Russia, Russia chance 
from the PWG crowd, taking yeah. on a couple of mainstays of pro wrestling gorilla, the rock nest monsters, Johnny Goodtime and Johnny Yuma 310. Uh, Brett, what did you get from this, uh, contest? What did you enjoy? Well, I got, uh, beards, a pussy riot chant, um, a, uh, a, a hammer and sickle, um, and, uh, a lot of fun. Like, uh, the, the crowd started to get like, it was this, this building crescendo of crowd activity. And, uh, it was, they were definitely starting to like get all fired up by this match. And it was, uh, and it, it really showed, uh, it was, it was also where I, uh, I first saw that this is going to be much more acrobatic than most of what I've ever seen in wrestling. So, uh, it it Uh, definitely went that way. Yes. Just for a second. just want to say, uh, I've said many, many times on this show that Excalibur of Pro Wrestling Gorilla is the greatest commentator of all the times. <laughs> and I think during this match, he really showed why he is the greatest commentator of all the times. When he took the Manhattan drop and <laughs> turned it into a discussion on the Cold War and the Manhattan Project with Alex Kozlov. And Rocky Romero being Cuban and the USA chance and the Russia chance. And he just spun it all into this great allegory on the Cold War. And he just said to the people, just think about it. Think about that. Think about that. And that is why Excalibur is the greatest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just some hilarious. Uh, Mitula, what did you think of this contest? Uh, the, the match itself, I actually was, I, I liked it, but it was kind of, it seemed like it drug out a little while. The, I was more entertained by Excalibur's commentary. As I said, I had that exact same thing written down in my notes. The Manhattan Project's lines were just great. I mean, it was just like, and that, and then the crowd, the crowd was just making this match for me because yeah. the Pussy Riot chants, the Russia chants, the USA chants, it was just great, crazy wrestling crowd. And then I also, don't know what the hell was up with that Russian dance head kick thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is like the this, I mean, it one shows, of the things that I love. It shows, it shows ridiculous Alex leg strength. Kozlov. But I, like I love Alex Kozlov. Uh, he he had a WWE developmental deal for a while, and then he got released because WWE is stupid. But this is like one of his signature things: the Cossack dance. Uh, yeah. He he puts on the the babushka, as it were. And then he does the Cossack dance, kicking his opponent in the head. And it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally a fan of Alex Kozlov. So yeah. I'm, I'm biased on this. Yeah. And, and, and I would say it's safe to say that you can correlate the crescendo in audience, uh, excitement, uh, with, uh, by watching and watching the, uh, guy in the near front row, uh, in front of you, in front of the ring, uh, his pitcher slowly get depleted. Uh, you can see his picture get depleted and you can kind of correlate that with the excitement of the crowd in some way, I would say. Yeah, the, say the, yes. the, 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 the Legion in whatever town that was in California made a great killing on beer sales that night. Yes, yes. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> yes. Especially to those wanting to buy some for, uh, Joey Ryan, which we, we'll talk about <laughs> a little later on <laughs> in, the, God. in the night. Uh, but. Uh, amazing tag team action, you know, Forever Hooligans, amazing. Rockin' Monster, really cool guys. Uh, moving on to another guy. Another guy who is a, a, uh, a favorite of this podcast, I would say, safe to say. 
Unbreakable Michael Elgin to another guy who we've been impressed by uh, repeatedly, A.R. Fox, taking on each now, other. Now, Petey, Petey in, I'm surprised. Has this match not happened anywhere before? Uh, I've never seen it, uh, but I, 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 either. I have gaps. And I look at this match, and I'm saying, like, in a couple of years, this is, like, going to be a big indie wrestling main event. Like, yeah. this is a match that you will see headlining a ring of honor show or headlining a pwg show because michael elgin is an absolute monster uh, of a dude and a.r fox might be the best high flyer to come along since ricochet uh and you know this match i i feel like one i'm really surprised that i hadn't seen it before and two I really had high expectations for this. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was exciting to come into it from us people who know who these guys are. But let's see who people who don't know who these guys are what they thought. Uh Brett, go with you. What, what did you think? What did you get from this? What did you enjoy or not enjoy? Um. Well, first off, uh, when I hear the name Mike Elgin, I think of oh, it's the writer for uh, PC World magazine, but uh, but but no, it's not. It's his, it's his other uh, it's his other gig. Yes, it's yes. Uh, he he moonlights as a an amateur wrestler. Um, but uh, no, I, it was it was very very it was it was a tight match. Um, it was uh, it was kind of fun to hear about. Uh, how Mr. A.R. Fox had just shown up hours previous, uh, to the match, wrestled, and then, like, had to immediately hop in a cab and hit the, hit a plane to go wrestle again at six in the morning. Um, again, this had some, like, really, really, really good commentary. Uh, th- this, like, it really made this for me. Like, sitting down for two and a half hours of wrestling when no, like, when you're just, getting cookie cutter announcers like there's some like foul language in and uh, uh a little bit of uh you know uh poo talking that i enjoyed very very much in this whole uh program that you guys made me watch but this match uh out of all of it it was a little less m- memorable because there was a little less ridiculousness involved but <laughs> yes. overall this was this was way better than anything i have seen that you guys have pre- presented me other than this program. So it was, it was a good match. Yes. Uh, it was a fantastic match. And, uh, yeah, the, the commentary was fantastic. And, uh, it's a staple of, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is the, ama- the amazing commentary, as we've said. And the amazing sarcastic and, <laughs> uh, almost like meta, uh, commentary that manages also, to be of a different tone than you're usually used to, but still manages to work to get you involved and excited about the show. Also, one thing that PWG has been known to do is that they will take one guy that's known for being like a, a power guy like Michael Elkin and then put him in the ring with a, a high flyer like an AR Fox and just putting them together and seeing what they can come up with. They did this with... Uh, uh, the man now known as Antonio Cesaro in WWE against Ricochet uh, of Dragon Gate and Chikara fame. And they came up with some crazy stuff uh, so with El Generico and, and, and Mr. 
Tharo. Uh, so I, I feel like this will probably not be the first, probably not be the last time these two have a match with one another. Uh, also, Petey, one yes. more for you. Uh, at the upcoming PWG show, which mm-hmm. is being headlined by Chris Hero's return, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, is Michael Elgin taking on a guy I'm a big fan of, ACH, Petey. Yes. Did you see this? Uh, I think I saw something about it, and yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. I think any anything at ACH is going to be exciting for me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be pretty pretty good. But yeah, uh, Chris, what did you think of this matchup? What what stood out for you? Um, uh, like like uh, DGM just said, I really liked the the combination that that you know Beast Man versus the High Flyer. You get some really cool stuff when the two of them come together. I mean, A.R. Fox got the literal shit kicked out of him the entire match. <laughs> and he was still flying and, like, just jumping around. And uh, I have I, I have one here. Uh, much like a cat, A.R. Fox always lands on his fucking feet. Yes. I don't care what move he did. <laughs> I don't care where he was. If he was jumping off the turnbuckle, diving through the ropes, whatever he was doing, hit the guy, landed on his feet almost every time. I'm just like, how does he do that? I can't even imagine. I can't even walk down a step without feeling I'm going to fall to death. And he's doing flips and somersaults and aerials and landing on his feet every time in that crowd. Yeah, it's just, yeah, A.R. Fox is is a guy that's been impressing for a, a little while now. Uh, and for, for, and rightfully so, uh, got, I, I'm, I'm glad I got to see him live at WrestleCon. It, it, even live, it's even more amazing to watch just all the insanity that is A.R. Fox. Uh, I, although I would like to see the match he did the next day at 6 a.m. just to see how that <laughs> went over. Uh, who knows? But that would involve <laughs> yes, watching that, though that would involve watching uh, uh, something related to Juggalos. Oh, was it JCW? I assume. I think that they said they said that it, it may have been gathering. It wasn't confirmed, but they speculated that it was the gathering because that was that weekend as well. So yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Hey, as, oh, that's a, as, as as a recovering Juggalo, I would take the bullet and watch it but uh, yeah. again Menzula, mm. i'm from detroit i i knew <laughs> that that yeah you had enough i'm not even from detroit and i've had enough uh yeah their wcw run was enough for me uh even more than enough um but moving on to another fun match uh a couple uh, you know tag team match another uh, tag team match uh, Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor, not billed here as, but normally seen as Fist, uh, in Chikara. Oh, Chikara. Uh, Fist? taking on Brian Kendrick and Paul London, who've, who've done some things, uh, in the past, haven't they? Done a f- couple of things, right, DJM? Yeah, a couple of yeah, the, those guys, Brian Kendrick and Paul London, uh, really known as Paul London and Brian Kendrick, uh, former WWE tag team champions had, had a good run up in that company based out of Stanford, Connecticut. Raw, SmackDown, tag titles, pay-per-views. They, they did the thing for a little while. I uh, thought they looked and, familiar. Oh yeah, right. that's them. That's I was like, I, I, the entire time I was like, I, these guys looked familiar from somewhere, but I couldn't figure out where. I oh yeah. I thought something randomly that they were on one point. That's them. You know, they, they were the, the one High flying tag team that WWE had once in their lives. Uh, taking on Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano, Eric 
everybody's favorite indie wrestler, Johnny Gargano, uh, the team known as Friends in Similar Tights, Fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's an acronym. Yes. Yep. Yes, it is. I thought they were just like the Fist. And I was no, like, no, that could no. be fun. It's an acronym. <laughs> uh, so we got ourselves a, a good little indie wrestling tag team match. And I, I really can't say anything bad about it. I love Chuck Taylor. I love Paul London. I like Brian Kendrick and I can tolerate Johnny Gargano in small doses. So yeah, no issues here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, Chris, what, what did you think of this, uh, tag team action? Uh, before we st- I start my answer, I have to bring up the one thing that just drives me nuts every time there's a tag team match. Does the relevancy of the combined weight of the guys mean anything <laughs> ever? Because no, some tag team, oh, it drives me nuts every time they announce that as a joke, but not really. I'm just nah. like, okay, we get it. It doesn't matter. They're both big freaking guys. All right, we don't need the combined weight. It's just always been one of those things that just irked me, and that's like my first note. Does combined weight even matter? <laughs> uh, they do. They yeah. Some guys, some teams like uh, like uh, the the future well, uh, the tag team and Rich Swan and Ricochet use the fact that they use kilos as, instead of pounds as a thing, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no. Or, and, and sometimes they'll do, some teams will do a fun thing like, uh, Veda Scott and I forget her tag team partner, though she was a fantastic wrestler. Uh, another short one. Uh, they do, uh, instead of combined weight, they did combined height <laughs> with a combined <laughs> height of like, uh, whatever it was. Uh, oh, well, also, if you remember, PD, back in the day, the blackout, uh, various members of the blackout at any given time and moment would use their, their weight uh, being at an estimated street value of a certain number of millions of dollars. Because, <laughs> you know, that's the blackout. Yes. Drugs. Of course. Drugs. I, drugs. 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 That, the, that's the joke, kid. It's, it's drugs. I, I do have to admit, uh, admit that this is probably the coolest start to a tag team match in the history of wrestling. <laughs> yes. Uh, them getting on each other's shoulders. It started, and it, it almost seems impromptu. Uh, I, I imagine it was impromptu because it starts as uh Johnny Gargano, Chuck Taylor noticing the belts that was up there for the impending main event because obviously they're not gonna put it up in the middle of the show. They had the uh the very dented. <laughs> they chose the worst looking of the two uh, <laughs> tag team championship belts because of course because it's PWG. Uh. <laughs> Uh, and it was hanging up there, and they noticed that they decided to get on each other's shoulder and try to reach it, and then that turned into a chicken fight. Which dude, yeah, there, had... there was a fall that was there was a fall that made me cringe, <laughs> like being that high up and obviously looking impromptu and falling on your ass onto the mat. Like that was there was like that was the start, like the the latter half of this of this uh. This show was, there was some cringeworthy stuff going on. Like I was feeling some pain and you know, this is wrestling, but no, there was like, like it's known that people, you know, go out there and yeah. jump into ridiculous this, messes. This was exceptionally messy. This is where we, this is where we start with every match has like 10 notes of holy crap that had to hurt. Holy yes. crap that had to hurt. I know yeah. they take bumps, but dear God, that has to hurt. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah, whole lot of high flying, a whole lot of craziness, especially, you know, obviously, uh, Brian Kendrick and Paul London, uh, are, you know, known for that and they've created a brand around that. 
Uh, I got but, I got a question for you guys. Like I I don't honestly know how in an indie wrestling setting, like when you're gonna jump over the ropes outside the ring, is it just like common knowledge to get out of the way? I didn't see yes. anybody telling people to a, get yes. out of the way. That was a very yeah. well trained crowd there. Yeah, they oh, know yeah. they know what to it's do. It's a thing I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Usually, well, if the- like if, usually if if a guy is just crouched over on the outside. Uh, if you see one of the wrestlers crouched on the outside and, uh, and specifically, especially if he's in this exactly center of that side of the ring, like if he's exactly centered, you know, it's time to maybe stand up. If the well, security guards don't prompt you, uh, anyways, you know, you're, it's time to just get, go ahead and stand up and maybe move a little bit out of the way. Uh, maybe grab your chair. The guys in the ring do a great thing a lot of times. Well, they'll start clapping when they're about to do the run and dive to the outside. Yeah. And th- that's usually the, the indicator for the people that are no to tell those that might not be as initiated. All right. Oh. This is the time we have to move because he's going to do a dive. There was one guy in like the front, like right in the middle of the, of the camera side that had like a bright yellow shirt. I called him the Moses of the crowd because every time he got up, the crowd would just part and they knew it was coming. Like every time <laughs> that guy got off his chair, they all just kind of opened up. And I don't know if he was like, that was his official job or if it just happened to be that way. But he, yeah. every time he got up, the crowd would span and then there would be some crazy nine level flip off the end of the crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is a, it's, uh, the, the dance of indie wrestling, you know, you understand, uh, you have to be aware of what's going on and usually there's enough prompts to give you an idea of what's going on. Sometimes there aren't and sometimes you actually do get dove into, which I believe happened in, uh, in the main event, uh, at some point where it just it happened to me. It's happened and to me during the Ring of Honor days in the main. Definitely happened. Unless you're a large Hispanic man in a Lucha Libre mask, then you just sit in the chair no matter what, and you never move. That yes. dude was made out of stone. He <laughs> I, I, he never he never reacted. He never moved. I wasn't sure it was a person for half the time. I was like, somebody check and make sure he's breathing still. He just sat there with a pitcher of beer in his hand the entire time. Yes, oh, it's amazing stuff. Uh, but was yeah, that it, Legion Larry, Petey? Was that Legion Larry? Could be. I don't know. I'm, I'm not familiar with Legion Larry. I think maybe because I know you... later in the show, oh, it's Cal- that Legion Larry got messed up pretty bad. But Legion Larry, of course, is the person that runs the the American Legion Hall in lovely receipt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is. Uh, but I, I couldn't tell. I, I'm not as familiar with Legion Larry, so I... it might have been him. Maybe. Uh, we'll we'll have to uh, confirm later. Um, but yeah, exciting tag team, t- uh, uh, tag team, not title action, tag team action, uh, veterans, you know, versus not as veterans. Uh, next up, we had, uh, oh, kind well, of a, you, missed, you missed the glove duel. We had a duel. Oh, the we? glove duel. <laughs> yes. How do we, yeah. we can't skip the, we can't skip a good old fashioned duel. I mean, the guy brought the gloves and props and it everything. Was a double duel. Double like. dual challenge, yes. Uh, Paul London p- p- pulling on, pulling out and putting on the See, gloves for the express purpose PD of taking Rave, them off. <laughs> this is one of those times where I wish I could be an indie wrestler because at a time like this, this is the part where DJM indie wrestler would have gone under the ring and pulled out his dual disc system and put it on his wrist 
and put his <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh cards on the dual disc and accepted the challenge to the duel. All right, and you want to duel? Guy in the audience yes. Yes, even like, all right, <laughs> yes. you want to duel? Go in, get your props. Like, all right, let's do du- 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 duel. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes it's all one guy. If That's- if that one guy gets it and he loves it, it's worth it. That's one yeah. hell of a way to go for a pop from Bob from accounting. Yes, but you know what, Bob from accounting, you're my boy. Yeah. You love that Yu-Gi-Oh reference. I, I did it just for you. Yes, uh, actually, and and honestly, it, it's something that is, uh, Colt Cabana has stated on a, the Art of Wrestling that one of his philosophies is that if he can get that one person, that one person, if you could turn that one person at any show, every show, uh, he's always that his goal is to turn that one person into a Colt Cabana fan, just one person, because he knows how strong that can j- just that one person how many that c- person can become uh so if he can get that one person to turn and become a, a Colt cabana fan he considers that a success and he's talked about it and i i, I agree yeah uh but yeah, yeah one more thing before we leave this because i think this is like the last proper tag team match um maybe it's just my growing up in the awa days and the old wrestling but does the live man in a tag match never matter anymore? Is it just whoever happens to be in the ring is live going? Cause like, pretty like, much. Pretty I, I much. Like, in, cause like, in, they, they in, tag, they tag, and then there's the, the there's the patented melee, but then it's just like, I don't even remember who the live man is anymore. All right. Just yeah, it, in, 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 uh, indie, especially if it's a, especially if it's high flyers and there's a lot of moves going on, if you, it, it, having to remember that, it, it puts a lot of pressure. To think about who the legal man is in matches like this. You're doing it wrong. I, yeah. I guess it's just, as I said, that's just my AWA structured over the top rope disqualification memory, memories of my childhood coming back. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, there, there, sometimes it matters, uh, when they need it for the structure of the match, but sometimes it's better just to forget about it and just enjoy. Like, Fuck it. Oh, it was, the match. oh, yeah. It, it didn't take anything away from the match. It was just one of those at the end. That's my yeah. last note. I'm like, apparently live man doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And in fact, uh, in Chikara, that was, uh, they adopted the Lucha rule where, uh, in, you know, Lucha Libre being, not being in the ring counts as, you know, not being the live man, period. So, <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, the, the going out of the ropes counts as a tag, uh, in Chikara. But in this place, it's just, you know, uh, brevity. Uh, but moving on. Continuity! Continuity! Continuity. Come on! That's not canon! Um, (laughs) moving on to TJ Perkins versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, I think this one's a classic, uh, Indie Darlings matchup. (laughs) TJ Perkins, uh, now, I believe, I don't know if it's still now, or I don't keep up with TNA, but he's still, is he still manic, TJM? He is still manic, even though everyone knows that he's still TJ Perkins, uh, taking on Kyle O'Reilly, who is Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was, you know, every indie wrestling show has a match like this. Not that it's necessarily bad. I wouldn't even say this match was bad. I liked it. I enjoyed it. But you could definitely call this match something of a cool down match before the two main events this was the make sure you have your bill beer refilled before the main events because you're not yeah. going to go leave your seat <laughs> and 
I like TJ Perkins and I don't dislike Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly. I think he's adequate. Yeah. But this match was very, very clearly your cooldown match. And while that was fine and acceptable for what it was, I won't be making any rave reviews about this one. I mean, it wasn't bad by any means. I mean, TJ Perkins pretty much can't have a bad match. And and for that, neither can Kyle O'Reilly. But, eh. Yeah. Yeah. This match happened. Yeah. It was good. It it was definitely nothing to skip over, but... It was really just kind of there. All right, yeah. uh, quick, quick, quick question for you guys uh, on this match. I'm not a really big technical wrestling like super fan. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of neat. Like some of the moves, the reversals, or like the reversal on the reversal on the reversal was really neat. But does Kyle O'Reilly have the belt for the worst tattoo in wrestling? Because that thing is hideous. <laughs> oh, there are so many bad no. tattoos. No, no, that uh, rib tattoo is horrendous. Eh, Honestly, eh, oh, it's not, not even, bad. not even, not even close. close. No. Uh, there's a guy, uh, uh, by the name of the, the fans of, the, if there are fans of this show, uh, other than Jaime, fans of the show are probably gonna know who we're gonna bring up, but it's a guy by the name of Icarus who beats us by a long shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, Edie, I- I'm sure that you by now have seen Icarus's back tattoo live and in person. Yes. And not unlike the big show. It has to be seen in person to truly be believed. Yeah. Uh, you have to understand it. You have to really appreciate it and, and, and see it, uh, with your own eyes and, uh, real flesh to really appreciate that it's real and it exists. Uh, and, and uh, honestly, we're, we're even underselling how, how, how hideous this is. Cause, uh, go to Google as- kids. It's yes. enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> Like you start uh, typing in Icarus wrestler and it autofills tattoo. Yes. Delta Juliet Mike Media does not endorse the Googling of Icarus's tattoo. <laughs> no. Thank you. Neither does Rebelli Pod- the Rebelli Podcast Network. Um, but yeah. What did you guys think of this? Uh, any other thoughts that you guys uh, could throw out there uh, about this match? I was kind of bummed with the end of it. I mean, it was all that, you know, reversals, reversals, build up, and then they started doing some actual, like, crazy moves, and then the arm bar wins. It just seemed, like, kind of out of place on the ending. Arm bar! Move, um, um, one of, uh, I think, uh, I think it's about 50 of, uh, Jericho's, uh, 1,004 holds is the arm bar. I don't know the official count of how many are, are, are arm bars. I know there's variations. I'd still love the three uh, handled family credenza as my favorite uh, move on that list. <laughs> I I like the hufufufufu. Yes, yes, that one's a classic as well. Uh, it, it's a Japanese move. It's a Japanese move. Yeah, it, it, it's very convoluted, very complicated, very technical. Um, but yeah, yeah, not much else to be said about this contest. Moving on to the world championship title three way guerrilla warfare match. Say that, uh, in one breath. Uh, take, with, uh, Adam Cole, uh, the current, the champion at the time, and I believe still current champion. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, taking on WG world champion. Mm hmm. Taking on, uh, Mr. Wrestling Kevin Steen, uh, the exhausted Mr. Wrestling Kevin Steen. (laughs) The man he beat for the title, I Mm -hmm. believe. 
Yes, and the psycho shooter, Drake Younger, a guy we've talked about extensively on, on a previous show. How, how, uh, I know I was impressed by him. And, you know, you are saying The lovably phrases. Drake Younger. Yes. Uh, yeah, contest Who, fun. Again, I have, I have to tell this story. I remember reading Drake Younger's Wikipedia article and seeing that him and I are the same age. He's only a couple of days or, or younger or older than I am, but he looks like he's 60. <laughs> I'm like, my God, Drake Younger, what have you done to yourself? And then the answer is CZW. <laughs> that he yeah. did CZW to himself. CZW. Yes. Uh, well, you know, at, at least you can say he didn't rob a bank. <laughs> You can always say if you if you make it out of CZW and you didn't end up robbing a bank, you're 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 I think uh at least going a little bit ahead. Uh, please don't free Nick Gage at least uh, not until his time is served. Um, but to yeah, the, to the main event of the evening. This to the this yeah match. to the the first co-main event of the evening. Uh, the title match. Brett, as a guy. I, w- I really want to know how you reacted to this match as a guy who doesn't experience wrestling at all. What was your thoughts? What were your thoughts on this match? Uh, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of, there was uh, a lot of, uh, cringe moments, I, I have to say, where I was like, okay, how is that not going to be painful? And how is that not going to muddy your brain up when you're 50 years old? Like you're an old boxer. Like, uh, there were, there were some, uh, some uncomfortable moments where I was like, okay, they're going to do that. And for some reason, everybody always lands on their feet. Like there was some, uh, some, like some cats in their blood or something. Like every time somebody was jumping on someone. Um, but I, what I took from it mostly was these guys have some cardiovascular health. Like <laughs> they, they, they went for so long and, uh, weren't nearly as winded as I would be in the first five minutes. And I'm not like the most out of shape guy, but wow, it, it was, it was impressive. Uh, just in the fact that they were able to do what they were doing that far into the match. Yeah. It's fantastic match and fantastic brutality. <laughs> a lot of fun brutality. And, uh, we got to have Chuck Taylor on commentary at, at this point, uh, which is, I think, always fun. <laughs> uh, well, but Mitsula? There was ahead. the, there was, there was the commentary line of the evening in this match. Put it, I have it, I have it, I had to quote it out. I even have to put the pause in the middle of it. Put it in his face, right on his penis. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That had yes. to be the, I mean, the commentary of, I, I had never seen a PWG show. The wrestling was great, but the commentary is what totally sold me on it. And just this match was the epiphany of it. Cause it's just the commentators and then the, the brutality on the match. And then like just the randomness of the commentators together just worked out so well. Yeah. It, it's funny because the, the commentary isn't, they were man, they managed to be. Uh, atypical and snarky and sarcastic, but still, uh, sell the brutality of the match, still sell the match with, well, uh, still being guys, snarky and sarcastic. Don't throw me onto a folding table, which I am sitting at a folding table right now. Don't throw me to the side of it. Like, <laughs> I don't want that to go onto my back. 
I, yeah. I don't care who you are. You don't want to, you yeah, don't want to be suplexed onto the top of a garbage can? That, oh, uh, that was, that was uh, cringeworthy. The chair onto the top of the garbage can? Holy mm. crap. Like, I, I there, watched it. There crumble. is a moment in this match that truly puts everything that I love in wrestling just in one little moment where Adam Cole is about to tease a dive to the outside, but he doesn't do it. And then he decides to take the bent-up chair that Kevin Steen was oh, using, yes. put it down in the ring, and try and sit down. And, and he just, just falls over because the chair's with, busted. With the double uh-huh. middle finger to the crowd as well. Like totally his plan was to yep. his plan was to sit down and flip everyone off and be this triumphant moment. But he falls on his ass, and everybody laughs at him. And it's an yes. amazing moment. That is one of those brilliantly unpredictable moments that indie wrestling has that that that's why i love it right there because you can tell no one expected that and even excalibur chuck taylor on commentary even they completely lost it after that because it was completely unexpected and that's one of those magical moments yeah, and uh, you know, a more cringeworthy moments uh, closer to the end. Uh, Kevin Steen busting out the brain basta uh, onto the top rope as as one does, uh, and Adam Cole uh, flying out of the ring unpredictably, and, and Kevin Steen having to run, grab him, throw him into the ring so they can do the quick uh, uh, false finish. But like everybody was freaked out for a second there, thought Adam Cole was dead. <laughs> uh. But yeah, Brett, Brett, what else did you enjoy? What, what else uh, stood out for you about this match? Uh, you know, I, it, it was, I really, I couldn't get past the brutality. And then the fact that the commentators could not see all of what was going on at all the times. <laughs> so they were just making assumptions like, yes. Oh, that must be awful. Oh, I saw his like, like, Oh, he stood why? up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and, and and then again we had uh guys in the crowd like uh we had high five asian guy who was uh who was having a real good time and like the entire crowd started standing up and there were like 30 dudes slapping the mat and, like i'm like mm, yeah, uh, that's probably not safe <laughs> with as much throwing of people around and the amount of chairs being exploded and asses being fallen on yeah uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, I it was, was, it was interesting. Note. Yeah. <laughs> I was taking note of the extremely drunk guy near Drake Younger, Drake Younger when he was, uh, laid out, uh, and his, uh, dazed look while still trying to be extremely energetic, but he was completely dazed over. And then following match, Kevin Steen was on commentary and commented on the fact that he got a drunk guy ejected. And I took, I, I made sure to look out in the audience to find him and he was nowhere to be found. And I was like, yes, well, <laughs> I felt like a to super be honest, to be perfectly honest, like they must have sold beer in like two quantities. Like they had like the 64 ounce and the pitcher. Like it was <laughs> like it was, everybody was, had pitchers to the well, air. In, in college, I call that the big kid cup. You go to the bar, you just buy the pitcher and just drink it out of the pitcher. Why waste the time of pouring it into a glass when you can just drink it right out of the big glass? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts out the middleman, uh, saves you the time, saves you a foam. It's good to go. 
Yes, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, the, the tag team match and craziness, amazingness. Uh, mo- what more can be said about this match? Yeah, there's just a, a lot of insanity. Uh, but uh, moving on to the other, uh, the other main event. We had tag team action main eventing pro wrestling gorilla, which is not new, but it's always cool to see, uh, tag team wrestling main eventing, uh, a, uh, an event in, of any kind. Uh, we had, uh, the defending champions, the Young Bucks, uh, taking on, uh, most of the time World One international team members, but at, in this point, uh, and in the States, the inner city machine guns of Ricochet and Rich Swan, and also, the Dojo Bros of Eddie Edwards and Broderick Strong. What what could we said about these guys? To what could we tell uh, our buddies here about these guys and all the very notable names in this match? Petey Rave, I have to say, I loved everything about this match. But as someone who has been watching PWG for a while now and who has seen the Young Bucks as tag team champions for a long time, is it just me or does it always come up where you can kind of tell when a match with the Young Bucks is about to end and they're about to retain again? Maybe I've just gotten so jaded to yet another Young Bucks successful title defense. (laughs) But it just feels like no matter what, there's always that moment where I know, yep, this is the end, and here's where the Young Bucks are about to win, and there you go. Yeah. Awesome match, but yeah, the Young Bucks won again. Yeah. Moving on. Yes. Uh, though I did have, uh, one of the, my favorite moments in commentary, uh, again, talking about commentary, uh, one of my favorite lines is, uh, when the, when it was Kevin Steen, I believe, uh, commenting on how, uh, receiving a black man <laughs> upside the head <laughs> is not a pleasant thing. <laughs> you know, uh, right up there with, uh, getting hit with a, a ladder. And I just thought the line, receiving a black man was, uh, just a hilarious let, thing to just to have honest, happen. Is that the most racist thing we've heard on indie wrestling commentary? No, no, not, not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. Uh, I think, uh, black man strength is, uh, uh, is getting up there. Probably could beat it, uh, real quick. Uh, but yeah, n- not by a long shot. There was, there was also allusions to black Jericho as well. So. Yes. 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 Rich yes. Swan. Yes. Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Just in the middle of the match going, come on, baby. I love this so much. And I said so before. Kevin Steed pointed it out. Excalibur just started cracking up, and so did I. And then he yes. calls him Black Jericho the remainder again. of the match. Oh my god. Rich Swan is amazing. Rich Swan, is, not only is he a talented fly flyer, really cool wrestler, he won me over. Rich Swan had me at acapella rendition of uh, All Night Long by Lionel Richie at WrestleCon <laughs> when he came out for did his he, match. Did he have the bullhorn? Did he have the bullhorn? No, they had a microphone for him, luckily. <laughs> I wish he had the bullhorn. That would have been even more hilarious. But when they had all the competitors uh getting ready for Evolve, because they wanted them all in the ring at one time, so they all walked together, uh Rich Swan had a microphone. <laughs> and he was just singing All Night Long by Lionel Richie, which is, of course, his uh entrance theme uh, usually 
Uh, and I believe the entrance theme of both interceding machine guns when they're teaming. Uh, but yeah, he had me at there, but every moment with him, it's just another, another, uh, like crazy moment and him in channeling Chris Jericho with his, come on, baby, was so spot on and Kevin Steen pointing it out and the, the two guys losing it on commentary was just, hilarious and I, I i it was the highlight of the event for me and i just was cracking up but what did you guys think our guests what did you guys think uh, is this the match uh and, and i'm trying to remember is this the one where uh magnum pi was drunk and commentating no that was, or was earlier that, that was the <laughs> that was the earlier match okay this was the one with all the ball shots okay uh it was the this uh was the, the, ladder the three match. rickety Yes, the la- the the ladder match where you had three rickety ladders and the progressively ouchy looking ball shots. The the, the, the this this is not safe chance. Yes, yes, that's not safe. Also, <laughs> going up ladders the wrong way. Did Young Bucks cartwheel handspring back rake? That was I was like I was like what is he building up to? And it's a back rake. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, that is uh, for for I guess you two are uninitiated with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. Which we talked about before, but I figure I'll, I'll elucidate for you too. The Young Bucks in many ways embody and at times satirize everything that everybody hates about indie wrestling in so many brilliant ways. Because they just in that, just in the constant buildup, excessive flipping and excessive flair for what is a basic move is exactly what is what is they're they're making fun of like they're making fun of indie wrestling and kind of uh in a brilliant ways and kind of embodying it and just yeah the young bucks and then <laughs> don't forget, don't the, forget the, the super kicks don't yes. forget the super kicks the they guy love that the got super raked kicks. also sold it too because he like waits a minute and then like looks right <laughs> at the camera and then falls like he gives it, like he gives it, like a one beat hold before he sells the back rank and you're just like Okay, that's hilarious because it was just all together in that crazy little notion of like I just was like that was the most crazy thing ever, but it was still awesome. What, is, what especially made that for me, despite it being one of the Young Bucks' signature moves, is Kevin Steen clearly out of it from his match on commentary. Uh, saw this and he he really didn't know what to think because he saw this and he was like, all of that for a fucking back break? What? It's like, and, and it really made it fantastic. And which is funny that he would be so surprised by that. He has teamed with the Young Bucks. He has considered himself, uh, the, uh, honorary third Young Buck, I believe. He's even worn the, the, the frilled shirt before during Cybernetico. Like, uh, so he, you'd think he would know better, but I guess that was how out of it he was or how much he was selling the match. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's amazingness. But, yeah. I was well, I was a little apprehensive when I saw it was gonna be a ladder match because I mean I've seen the you know the WC the WWF like Edge and Christian Dudley's uh, Hardy Boys those ladder table ladders and chairs matches those things and I'm like everything that can be done with the ladder's been done but they busted out two moves in this match that I was impressed with the one where they the guy held the ladder down and they used it as a ramp to somersault to the end of the crowd was really cool. And then towards the very end, when he went under one ladder and over the other, yeah, that yes. was just, I believe that, that was, was Ricochet. Insane. Yeah, yeah, Ricochet under one, over the other into the crowd was just crazy. Yeah. Ricochet is superhuman. 
He's superhuman. And he's been doing stuff like that for a while now. He's, uh, we were, we were mentioning ACH, Rich Swan, AR Fox. Yet before all of those guys, there was Ricochet. He, he's still on another level and it's scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I, and even from the little I've seen of him, cause I, I, again, I'm a guy who, though I have a podcast about indie wrestling, I've, I only have a certain window that I have been able to observe of. And like from some live experiences, only one big live experience and just the last few years of uh, observing. But even from the stuff that I've seen, yeah, he's, on another plane of existence when it comes to this. Uh, he's, uh, I've shook and shaken his hand. He's a really cool guy too. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. him at WrestleCon was amazing. Uh, what else, what, what else did you guys think of this uh, main event? What else could be said about this main event that hasn't been said already? There was no Dudley, uh, uh, sweating his ass off being overweight in this episode for me. And I like to thank you. Yes. Making, and there was no Dudley, Making a, uh, a a homosexual joke you got at a the du- expense of the losers. You got in, a Dudley free wrestling. Yeah. I got a yeah. Dudley free episode. We got PWG. What, PWG is amazing. Like we we've talked about it before. How amazing TBWG is. They never disappoint. Uh, what did you guys think overall? I'll start with Chris. What did you think overall of this event? Uh, there were a couple matches that were a little slow for me, but. As a whole, especially for an independent organization, it was a very, very well put together event. I mean, uh, the opening match was great. The, the, the two main co-main events were unbelievable. The middle matches kind of got blahy, but it was a two and a half hour long show, so you can't expect everything to be amazing. But just everything put together from the commentary to the talent to just everything, even not knowing the storylines or anything, it was a very well put together event. I was very impressed with PWG. Yes. Uh, Brett, as a guy who doesn't experience wrestling at all, and I know you said that it was better than Dreamwave wrestling, obviously, but that's not a very high and watermark. I'm not even, hit. I'm not even grading on a curve. I'm not even grading on a curve. <laughs> on a like, scale from Dreamwave to amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, you know, in my adult life, having watched wrestling twice, um, I would have to say this was the best wrestling experience that I've ever had, but. I would assume that this was better than a lot of other things that I haven't seen. So mm-hmm. I, I was entertained. And I yeah. think if that's, that's the goal of the, the whole event. So yeah. Uh, DJM, what, what could we gather from this, uh, conversation? It was all right. <laughs> uh yeah, PWG is amazing. <laughs> right, yeah, PWG is amazing and we we could gush about it forever and ever and ever. And a rich one. Uh come on baby. <laughs> uh let's get into some plugs. Mitsula, you got anything to to promote to plug on our show? Uh just follow me on the Twitters at Mitsula. Mhm. Follow him, follow him, definitely. Brett, what do you got to promote? Well, I, I do this show with, uh, Michael Phelps and Michael Jordan called Record Breakers. Yep. Um, and, uh, what we do there is we break records. But no, 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 actually I'm with this guy named Pete and, uh, a couple other yahoos and, uh, we listen to an album and then, uh, dissect it. And 
say say our views as as laymen and uh have a good time with it uh i think it just launched so uh if you hit my twitter up you will see me uh flap my gums about it you can find me at twitter at uh at Hibbity Bibbard, that's H-I-B-B-I-T-Y, B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Um, and I have to change the, uh, the crank sensor on a, uh, 2006 Volkswagen Jetta tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Um, DTM, what's going on over at DeltaJuliaMike.com? Stuff. <laughs> what a sell. And things? Stuff and things? Things and stuff? No, no thanks. Just, Just stuff. stuff. No. Nah, stuff's better than things anyway. Yeah. But sometimes if you can get combined, if you can get them combined, it's good. But if you, if you're going to only take one, stuff, and things. stuff would win over things. Uh, yeah. Go to deltajuliamike.com. Go there. Subscribe to the things and listen to the things. Uh, I forgot to mention, you can ch- uh, check out Pro Wrestling Gorilla at ProWrestlingGorilla.com. Uh, you can check out HighSpots.com, uh, for this and other shows and whatnot. You can check us out, of course, always at FannyPackWrestling.com. Follow us on Twitter at FannyPackWP. We, you can also find the show at the newly launched, uh, home of Fanny Pack Wrestling, Rebelli, the Rebelli Podcast Network, uh, at Rebelli.net. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that you can follow the network at Rebelli TV, twitter.com slash Rebelli TV. I'm gonna s- everyone set up- please follow the Rebelli Podcast Network. So just like King Kaz, PD Rave can leave my lame ass behind and become <laughs> huge. Yes. Uh, you can follow, if you are into East Asian pop culture, go check out Halijuku. Of course, Record Breakers will, uh, have lunch by the time this comes out. So go check that out. Record Breakers Music Podcast. It'll be all over the place. That's it. Follow me at PD Rave. PD is in Willie's Rave is in Jimmy at about.me slash that and twitter.com slash that. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google Plus, CompuServe. Uh, there's a B, there's a, there's a, that's an old joke. Let's leave that joke behind. AOL keyword U. Yes. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Seriously, everyone follow the Rebelli Podcast Network so they can leave me behind. Let, let's make sure <laughs> PD Ray becomes a megastar. I am officially the first Rebelli Entertainment TV follower. <laughs> Toodaloo, y'all. Bye.